it really reminds you that we all have our strengths and we're just one piece in the galaxy of so many other humans. I always wondered what was the life of a merchant traveling back and forth with his head in the air and enjoying the experience. Recording this audiobook was very strange and not strange. The text suddenly seemed to have depths that I hadn't noticed before. Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet the founder of global human analytics and change consultancy Hatch, Monica C. Parker, writer Daniel Nyeri, and award-winning poet Brenda Shaughnessy. Tune in to hear about the curiosities that inspired their work, from unlikely mentors to imagining what it was like to be a merchant on the Silk Road, to why maintaining a sense of wonder leads to more resiliency. Enjoy. Hi, my name is Monica Parker, author of The Power of Wonder. I wrote my book because my entire professional history, I have helped people manage big existential change. And one of the things I learned is that people who held their world with a great sense of wonder were more resilient. And I just really wanted to understand why that was. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that would be humbling. First, I'm amazed at the number of people who contribute to making an audiobook. It's really incredible and makes me feel like this tiny piece of a bigger puzzle. But also to read your own words and to find mistakes and things that you would do better, things you don't know how to pronounce, it really reminds you that we all have our strengths and that we're just one piece in the constellation and galaxy of so many other humans. I realized I had trouble pronouncing, and who knows if I'll even pronounce it correctly this time, frisson. Apparently, I like to put a Z in instead of two S's, so hopefully I said that correctly. (laughs) Frankly, I'm just proud that I got through it. Um, It is a bit of a chonky book. I hope that those of you who listen enjoy it. And I'm most excited I am legally blind, and so I have to read books in big print, and I know that there's some people who can't even read books, and so I'm excited that my book will be available to people who wouldn't be able to read it otherwise, and that really pleases me. My dream narrator, if I wasn't going to record my own audiobook, I would cast Olivia Coleman because she's just brilliant at everything she does, and she seems so down-to-earth, and I would maybe get the chance to meet her, too, so that would be really neat. I don't listen to audiobooks as much as I used to because I don't have a car anymore. But the last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was Bill Bryson's Down Under. Oh my goodness. I mean, I was laughing until tears were coming down my face. So that was definitely a favorite. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks now that I don't have a car anymore is really when I'm at home cleaning up. I just like to put one on, and it keeps me company while I'm doing stuff that I'd probably rather not be doing. And now, listen to a clip from The Power of Wonder by Monica C. Parker. My friend Franklin had a wicked sense of humor. 
Born and raised in a postage stamp town in rural Georgia, he had the unassuming manner and warm smile of someone who could charm you out of your life savings and you'd willingly part with it while offering to carry it to his car. He could spin a yarn in his languid julep of a voice about nothing in particular and still have you sitting on the edge of your seat waiting for the punchline. He had a particular affinity for a dirty joke, which somehow didn't seem as filthy as it should because he told it with such boyish cheek. Hi, this is Daniel Nayeri, author of The Many Assassinations of Samir, the Seller of Dreams. I wrote my book because I have always been fascinated with the Silk Road. Anytime we go to a museum, that's the section that I want to go to, to see the tapestries, the books, and the fashion from that era. So I spend a lot of time reading about it. And if you think of the Silk Road from the 4th century to the 11th century, it is a gigantic network of trade routes that go all the way from far eastern China in modern-day Xi'an all the way to Baghdad. And in fact, we have evidence that people from Ireland even went and traded on the Silk Road. So it's a gigantic span of time. It's a gigantic span of territory. And it was a very metropolitan place, which is incredible to me. And I always wondered, what was the life of a merchant traveling back and forth between these capitals? Some of the landscape is extremely harsh and difficult to traverse. That was where it began. Was there any sort of person who might be skipping along these roads, who might be telling stories joyfully and with his head in the air and enjoying the experience? I couldn't imagine anybody that optimistic. And so the character of Samir, the seller of dreams, started to emerge. So as we were recording this, I realized that I had spent so much time thinking about the pronunciations of these place names like Chang'an, Xi'an, Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, Taklamakan, all those things. And they obviously have all different local translations and pronunciations that I had neglected some basic English words. Like, for example, I did not know that the word tussled and tousled were in fact two very different words. Tussle is basically getting into a dust-up, getting into a fight. And tousle is when somebody messes up something. So for example, they might tousle your hair, not tussle your hair. That was a new one to me. And thank you, Lewis Milgram, who was here to tell me the difference. And uh, I really appreciate it. I'm proud with this narration that I was able to get through all of the dialogue. This is a story that has lots of characters going back and forth, and Samir is meant to be a charmer. He is supposed to be someone that even with the tone of his voice, you get the fact that he's smiling behind it. And so I hope that that comes through, that he is someone who is always ingratiating himself. And at the same time, the actual narration is this young boy who is perceiving Samir very much cynically and is himself very much the straight man to Samir's, you know, comedian. And so I hope that part comes through. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would absolutely cast Chiwetel Ejiofor, who is not only my favorite actor in film and TV, he also happens to narrate audiobooks, and they're always incredibly well done. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was the entire Ronan Boyle series by Thomas Lennon. 
Thomas Lennon is not only hilarious, he also happens to be a professional actor. And so in this fantasy story with leprechauns and unicorns and Irish and Scottish and all sorts of different accents, he nails every single one. Uh, he even has some singing numbers in there. And it is all just hilarious. I think I've listened to the series twice now. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is in the car with my family as we drive. We have been living as nomads and traveling through the national parks in the United States. And so, as you can imagine, we have a lot of hours in the car. And so getting that perfect narrator, that perfect story, all of a sudden six hours just fly by. And now, please listen to a clip from my audiobook. The first time I was stoned to death by an angry mob, I was not even a criminal. I had not stolen so much as a sumac berry, though I will admit now that I deserved the punishment. It was dusk, but the desert stones still sizzled from the daytime sun. I ran like an injured animal as quickly as I could, which was not quick because I was shoeless. In the Tarim Basin, the sand could cook bread faster than a tandoor oven. Stones flew in the air and struck me in the head, one and then another. Hi, this is Brenda Shaughnessy, author of Tanya, a collection of poems. I wrote my book because I wanted to write a book about female mentorship and who the women were who inspired me to become a writer in the first place and to interpret life through art. The person that I sort of landed on when I was really thinking about my teachers was my first college roommate. We were 18 and we met on the very first day of school, and she was a sculptor, and she was absolutely dazzling, and I never forgot her. So I'm hoping maybe she'll find me here. Her name is Tanya. Recording this audiobook was both very strange and sort of not strange. It was like the text was familiar and the mode was unfamiliar, the mode being my own voice, was familiar, and then the text suddenly seemed to have depths that I hadn't noticed before. I read my poems at readings, but for the past few years, we haven't been doing so many in-person readings. And so, in a way, reading from a screen in a studio harkened back to sort of Zoom readings experiences where I'm alone with my own work as opposed to being in a room full of people where we could experience it together. It's solitary, so it's not how it used to be, but I'm sort of used to it. I realized I had trouble pronouncing some of the artist's names, and the tutorial during the recording was really helpful. I'm excited that listeners might get a chance to hear what it was actually like to be in Helene Moglin's literature classroom in the 90s. There's one long poem called Coursework, which is about eight or ten pages about being a student in this extraordinary literary scholar's undergraduate classroom. And if I can sort of give anyone outside of that experience a sense of what that was like, that would be really exciting because it changed everything for me. It was a great place to be, and I, I feel like that classroom is so vivid in my head when I was reading it and writing it. And sort of always. The last audiobook that I listened to that I loved was Elizabeth McCracken's The Hero of This Book. Somehow, Elizabeth McCracken seemed to make it 
like she sounded just like herself and didn't sound like she was trying to be a narrator for an audiobook. But she also managed to sort of, I don't know how to explain this, be sarcastic but not make fun of herself while she was speaking. And she was able to kind of, I don't know, get this other strange tone in there. She was sort of speaking under her breath in a way. And I learned something from that. She also didn't seem to be judging what she was saying when she was reading her work. I really enjoyed it. And also, I read that book, The Hero of This Book, in print, and then I also listened to it. And honestly, I think I like the sound of Elizabeth's voice sort of telling me a story, which was a first. I'm really kind of a, you know, book-first person. I like the book before. I like the movie. And I was sort of surprised. And now listen to a clip from my audiobook. I hear they're trying to make borders in water now, to declare it a place, impose a shape, dissolve the solvent. It's no solution to our probable problem. I'll never see you again, I say on my cell, said to myself. We'll be well below alone now. Can I be a good friend to you if I move so far away? Haven't seen you in years, but I like a rough edge. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.